You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And welcome to another first bite, the last first bite of 2018. Almost said last of Pride of Detroit, and that's wrong. The Pride of Detroit POD cast was bringing you first bite. Your preview podcast for the Detroit Lions. Every year, every week, man, I can speak today. In the NFL, well, in the NFL season, um, Jeremy, I, I might need you to help me step in here. Like, clearly, <laughs> clearly, this is where we're at. This is the last first bite of the year of the season, the last preview, and then it's over. The, the entire 2018 Detroit Lions season is thankfully, mercifully, and a little bittersweet over. Uh, I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host, being super adequate right there. That's the joke. I cannot speak. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, is here to help me out and keep this uh, respectable. How you doing, Jeremy? My gastrointestinal tract is great. Adequate? That's the kind of update you were looking for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, sure. And then joining us for last time this season, and probably almost as thankful to have this season done, is is Tex Evan Western from... Acme Packing Company. Tex, how you doing? Uh, I think you're you're entirely accurate. It's it's let's get this all over with. <laughs> this is the this is the let's get this over with bowl. If we're being honest, it's mm-hmm. bowl season. This is going to be played like college bowl. It's either let's get this over with bowl or the I want to die bowl. Either way, the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, staggeringly, both teams coming in here with a losing record with the lions, of course, at five and 10 and the Packers at six, eight and one with that one respectable tie that might honestly let the Vikings into the playoffs if we're not careful. And uh, yeah, I think the big question I want to ask you, and we'll, I mean, most of the lions fans listening, they know what happens to the lions, but I want to hear it from you on the green Bay Packers. What happened? Well, I think it's it starts and, and ends with Mike McCarthy's offense just never evolved from when it was exciting and new and awesome back in 2010, 2011, that, that whole time period. And we finally saw that all kind of come to a head this year when um, Aaron Rodgers had that knee injury in week one against the Bears and his mechanics kind of all went to crap. And when you have a Rodgers who's missing some of the the – conventional throws than he normally hits, especially on some of the deep balls because his mechanics aren't great. Um, and you have an, an offensive scheme that, that relies on receivers winning one-on-one routes all the time. And you have basically one, you know, solid starting caliber veteran receiver on the team and Devonte Adams and a whole bunch of injured guys and a whole bunch of rookies. That's not a great recipe for success. And so I think it, I think that's kind of the, the, biggest core issues there and and i think mike mccarthy's firing was indicative of the fact that um, leadership recognized that it just wasn't changing and that that he wasn't keeping up with the times in the nfl and um yeah here we are sitting 
under 500 for the second year in a row for the first time in almost three decades and looking for a new head coach this fall or this winter time. It's only one year. Why are Packers overreacting? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Jeremy, what do you want to say? Yeah, well, I I guess I want to just kind of get into the nitty gritty a little bit. Um, Last week, you know, we talked with with about the Vikings. They were a team that was kind of going through what I would think what I would call maybe some similar struggles offensively. And one of the things they they did, they changed offensive coordinators. The reasoning behind that was, you know, to kind of revitalize the running game because they were running okay, They just weren't doing it very often. I'm looking at this Packers team. They're second in DVOA in running the ball but they're not they don't have any like eye-popping stats other than Aaron Jones you know over well over five yards a carry this year um it, does that have something to do with the regression with their offense is just not running the ball enough yeah I think that's a fair point um you know looking at the stats they are last in the NFL in rushing attempts all season long but they're second in yards per carry yeah so it, it early on part of the issues that the Packers fans had were with McCarthy's unwillingness to use Aaron Jones early on in the season. Um, Jones came off a, he he spent the first two games of the season on suspension. um, And then he came back for week three and McCarthy seemed insistent on still having Jamal Williams be the feature back um, and only working in Jones for, you know, 10, maybe 12, 15 snaps a game for those, those first three, four games that he came back. And, and that really got, Packers fans frustrated because it was plain to see after their rookie years last year that Jones is the more explosive tailback. Um, he's he's a much better he's got much better vision in the backfield, and so you know his cutback ability is is just second to none. I think, and it was frustrating even once you got through the bye week. And you get into this tough stretch of games um, against teams like the Rams and the Patriots and and Seattle and Minnesota that even when he did start giving the bulk of the snaps to Jones, he just didn't use him consistently. You'd see him for, you know, the first three drives or so and, and he'd get eight or ten carries or touches on those three drives, and then he'd be gone for you know, 30 minutes of gameplay, and you'd see him pop up again in the fourth quarter. So, so yeah, a an inefficient, I think, use of the explosive running back is is definitely part of um, the Packers' struggles as well, and and certainly that could have taken some pressure off of Rodgers, uh, maybe you know, make him not feel like he had to uh, make every play. And his what age thirty five I think season this year mm-hmm. um, I think he turned thirty five earlier this fall so um, yeah I, I think one of the things that you look towards to next year is see if you can get somebody who can do with the Packers offense what they did down in New Orleans with Drew Brees you know a couple of years ago he was still throwing the game throwing the ball forty times a game and you know now now he's down to you know twenty five twenty seven pass attempts a game and New Orleans looks like one one of, if not the best teams in football. So I think that would be, um, if you can try to reimagine that offense a little bit and, and use the the talented backs that the Packers do have and take some pressure off of Rogers. I think that definitely could, um, could go a long way to, um, continuing to make him effective in, you know, his, into his late thirties. One of the most surprising things, uh, Tex, and I, I guess this is a two-part question. I'll start with the first part. You can just say yes, no on this. Was the firing of McCarthy a little too late? You know, I think we all assumed in 
you know, over at Acme Packing Company, and I think generally Packers fans assumed that it was going to happen at the end of this season, um, especially through that tough stretch midseason where it seemed like the Packers were just blowing game after game um, due to dumb mistakes and, and coaching issues. Um, I still, well, thought, I just, but but I still thought that that. Uh, it, that it was going to happen at the end of the season and that it wasn't going to happen um, mid-season. That said, I, I think that um, I, I think the answer to an extent is yes, because I think you saw signs that his offense was not changing in the last couple of years. And so um, I, I think there was some theor- some thoughts that maybe it was going to happen last offseason, and, and obviously it didn't. And to add on to that then, because I maybe it's just me and maybe this is just something we do with coaches – in the NFL, especially one like Mike McCarthy for whatever reason or another, because I saw quite a few people caping up when McCarthy got fired, saying that he was still a decent, competent coach. And some of the implication on that was that part of this was on Aaron Rodgers to not evolve with Mike McCarthy, or I don't know, there was, there was some partitioning of blame Mm -hmm. as it were, and some kind of some redemption story trying to be painted for McCarthy. So I don't know where you, do you subscribe at all though, that Rodgers was part of this problem or cause I, I don't, I don't see it like that. No, I don't really buy into that very much either. And especially not when you saw him play the way he did in the second half against the Jets, kind of leading leading the Packers back on another comeback last week. Um, No, I think the the best comparison I can come up with is Andy Reid in Philly is just at some point you kind of know that it's not working anymore. And, and maybe a change of scenery can, can shock the guy into, you know, reimagining his offensive system like Reed has done in Kansas city. Um, I do think that in the right in the right situation, um, maybe like a Cleveland with a a talented young quarterback, um, McCarthy could end up, um, having a turnaround, maybe not to the extent that Reed did, but at least get a team like that into, you know, a, um, a, a somewhat of a contending team. So that that's the comparison I keep coming back to is just 13 years is a long time in one place, you know, with a quarterback and a, and a coach. And I think it just kind of had run its course. Um, I want to, I want to shift focus to the defensive side of the ball for a second, because going into the 2018 season, I think a lot of people, especially in green Bay, were just like, okay, we're going to have Aaron Rodgers back. We'll be fine there. And the defense is nice and young. And we've got these, Nice pieces. We had Muhammad Wilkerson. Everything's going to improve on defense, too. Aaron Rodgers will finally have a defense, will finally be a full team. And it looks like the defense is kind of what we've seen out of the Packers for the past years. You know, 27th in pass defense, DVOA, bottom 10 in points allowed. Um, what went wrong this season on the defensive side of the ball? Obviously, with Wilkerson, there was an injury early. Were, were there other key injuries? Did, did yeah. the young players not develop? as expected what what is what what went wrong in, in your mind uh, on that side of the ball yeah injuries are i think the biggest factor on that side of the football we've got all three week one starters on the defensive line are on injured reserve so that's wilkerson that's mike daniels and now kenny clark as of about a week ago um you lost one of your starting inside linebackers in the preseason to a torn acl um kevin king the corner just can't stay healthy Haha ha, Clinton Dix was bad and we all kind of knew it, but nobody believed us until he <laughs> got to Washington and showed everybody. Um, and, and just a revolving door 
in the secondary of, of constant injuries. Um, Jair Alexander, first round pick missed some time and he's been really good when he's played, but he missed a few games. Mm -hmm. Um, Josh Jackson, the second round pick hasn't developed the way I think a lot of Packers fans hoped he would um, partially maybe because of the transition from being a zone corner at Iowa to, to primarily a press man guy in green Bay. Um, safety injuries again, just um, it was, it was really tough for Mike Pettin to put a consistent team out there uh, or consistent unit on the field week to week. And I think that really hurts um, his unit's effectiveness. And I think you also have a lack of depth at certain key positions um, on edge rusher is one, for example, Nick Perry's on IR. He wasn't very good when he was out there this year, either. Uh, Clay Matthews is getting old and, and isn't as effective as he was probably five, you know, five years ago or so. And so, you know, Petten was was really good this year at scheming pressures on third downs um, and bringing pressure from a bunch of different places. But there was no, you know, there's not really that one guy who you can rely on to to always be in the quarterback's face, pressure the quarterback. And then when you've got a, a revolving door of young guys in the secondary, um, that's just a, not a recipe for success. Now, uh, we're, we're going to get into the future of the Packers, and I think in our next segment, but I want to kind of peek behind the door a little bit. Um, obviously, a lot has been talking about the offense, and, and there's already been some significant changes on that side of the ball and the coaching staff. Um, do you think the pressure is going to be the same on the defensive coaching staff? Obviously, a new head coach might want to bring in their own, their whole own system of quarterbacks, but uh, or sorry, coaches. Um, but as we saw in Chicago, um, there's also a precedent for, for keeping around a defensive staff. So where, where do you fall on that? Do you, do you want to see the same kind of defensive staff in, in place or wholesale change? No, I think if you get a, um, if you get an offensive minded coach in, um, I can, I can be okay with keeping Mike Petten around, keeping around mm-hmm. some of those assistant coaches. Um, th- there's a few guys who've been with the organization for a long time. Joe Witt, for example, um, he's done a real good job coaching up cornerbacks. Um, and, and again, I think, I think Petten's done some really good things. He just doesn't have the talent to work with, um, to, to be able to do them as effectively as, as he'd like or as this team needs. So yeah, I, I would certainly be open to Petten returning. I know there's there's a handful of people um, on Packers Twitter who are, are staunchly anti-Petten um, <laughs> in in large part because of, of some of these stats and, and particularly their their numbers against the pass. But you know, I look at it, I see those injuries and and the constant rotation of these guys, and I see you know I see Petten having a lot of of a really difficult situation to work with and um, doing a halfway decent job at least of of getting as much of that group out of um, or as much out of that group as he could. Is Joe Philbin going to have a role on this staff when he, when uh, the new staff comes, new coach comes in? I don't think so. And <laughs> part of the biggest reason for that is, you know, one of the, one of the things again, that was, was very plain to see to me is this offense is old and stale. And why would you leave a guy in charge who is going to just run a lot of the same concepts on offense that, that doesn't seem to me to, to be any sort of an improvement. Um, yeah, sure. Bring in a, maybe a young offensive coordinator like a Zach Taylor or somebody and, and get another voice in there, I guess. But no, I don't look at Philbin being a, a realistic candidate for the job long term um, after, you know, after the season is out. And I'd be surprised if if um, whoever does come in to coach this team would keep him around for next year. Let's take a quick break here. We want to continue on with talking about the future of the Green Bay Packers and uh, maybe a little bit about the game itself. This is, of course, the uh, 
screw everything bowl being played in Lambeau Field. The you only gonna, one that's kind of Lambeau Field. I'm just are you going to give it a different name every every time you bring it up? Pray, pray I don't just give it random sponsors now, too. Sponsored by Supreme. We'll be right back on First Bite, the preview podcast. The ultimate one of 2018. Back again on First Bite, the preview podcast for Pride of Detroit in the, let's call this the uh, Lowe's Our Lives Are Hell Bowl. Okay. So, speaking of future, we were talking a little bit of future on the uh, Green Bay Packers here on the last segment. And um, I, I know we touched on a few things, but I want to, I want to start with the reports that the Packers are talking to right now, someone very familiar to lions fans. And that is Jim Caldwell, formerly of the Detroit lions uh, fired at the end of last year for nothing less than having a winning record, but not good enough, not good enough for the Detroit lions. He's been away from coaching for the entire year. And now the Packers are looking at him, which is uh, funny for several reasons. We'll probably get into Texas thoughts here in a second. One, I think Tex was saying that uh, Mike McCarthy had a problem, not really understanding what the run game was for. And boy, boy, when Jim Caldwell <laughs> comes in there, that's that's totally going to change. That is totally going to change. And the other thought is, uh, this is kind of an interesting one, though, because, I mean, I've seen some people brushing it off. This is just kind of a Rooney rule, uh, you know, look into Caldwell. I don't agree with that. But I guess that depends on where you stand on Caldwell. This is a guy who, again, had a winning record in Detroit which as we're seeing with Patricia, not easy to do. On the other hand, a lot of people saw a lot of flaws in what he did. So I guess I should ask Tex, would you like Jim Caldwell, who is, if I remember, he's actually from Wisconsin, born born in Wisconsin. Would you want him as the Packers head coach and why or why not? He would definitely not be my first choice. Let's, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> if, if uh, if they were to get rejected by a whole host of other people and Jim was left and, and was, you know, it came down to Jim or say Chuck Pagano, the other person who've, who has been reported that the Packers have interviewed. Um, I could, I could live with it, I think. Um, but certainly it's not a, it's not a name that's moving the needle very much for, for me, or I think for, for Packers fans as a whole. And, and part of it is the run game aspect that, that you mentioned. Um, like I said earlier, you know, McCarthy didn't really seem to know how to use the running game or use his running backs effectively. And um, I have very little faith that Caldwell uh, with his track record would, uh, would be able to do any better um, with, with Aaron say- Jones and Jamal Williams. Yeah, I would say you get pretty great production. Like if, if anything should be understood, you probably see some pretty good production out of Rogers, but yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. no help on the ground. So, and it is funny because I know some Packers fans are rejecting it just because he was a Lions head coach and there's always the stink appear, uh, associated with that. But if he did get hired, he would be the first Lions, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, first Lions head coach, former Lions head coach to get a head coaching gig after Detroit since the fifties or something like that. 
something like that. Yeah, I think if you don't include interim, I think that's true. Oh, yeah, there was the one interim coach, yeah, but I don't know that. Yeah, and I mean, you were talking last segment about wanting a forward-thinking, innovative offensive mind. Oh, boy. Not an (laughs) old-timer. Yeah, Jim Caldwell seems to kind of fall in that latter category. I guess because um, we got us an OC, but yeah, no, definitely head coaches are going a lot younger these days too. Do you, do you have at this point a guy that that's on your wish list? Because I mean, obviously, I think at this point the Packers are doing their due diligence. These are the only guys yeah. that are kind of available to talk to. They can't obviously interview anyone else in the NFL that currently has a job since we're mid-season still. Um, is, is there someone that you're hoping you know? on on black monday that the the packers are lined up to interview there's probably a couple names that i'd love to see them bring in right away and um honestly dave taub from kansas city the special teams coordinator is one of them mm-hmm. um he got a couple of head coach interviews i think last year or maybe the year before um obviously didn't didn't get those but Honestly, one of the the biggest Achilles heels for this Packers team for the last decade has been their abysmal special teams. And um, I don't think you you certainly don't hire a head coach to fix your special teams. Um, But I think that um, from from everything I've read, um, he's he's got a good knack for kind of situational uh, football. Um, and I, I, I think he would be more inclined to be willing to just hire a, a creative young offensive coordinator, basically give him the keys to the car as far as the Packers offense goes and, and let him do his thing. So I'd like to at least see them bring in Tob for an interview. Um, the, the other guy I think that they're definitely going to try to talk to is probably Josh McDaniels from new England. Um, that, that one, I know people kind of have some, um, some, some very different feelings on just because of what happened with Indianapolis last year. Um, and, and his, you know, his struggles in Denver and, and everything there. But, um, I, I think if you can work with Brady, you can probably work with Rogers from a personality standpoint. Um, so I don't, I don't think there would be any issues there. And, um, I, I do think he's learned from his time in Denver and, and would be, um, you know, would, would be able to, um, to function better as a head coach, especially when he's not in charge of personnel, like he kind of was in uh, out with the Broncos as well. So those are probably the two names that I'd love to see early on um, get get a little bit of traction. Um, I, I I was big on Lincoln Riley early on. I think today he came out and said he's probably not coming to the NFL this year or anytime soon. Um, you know, we'll see where that goes. But that's that's like the kind of mind that I'm thinking for for leading this Packers offense, whether that's um, again, whether that's a head coach or an offensive coordinator. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury is another guy who I was, I was looking at as a possible OC candidate that I could be real excited about um, before he ended up at USC. So I don't know. Those are the names that are bouncing around in my head right now. I don't have much else to add to this. I'm just still laughing at the idea of uh, Caldwell. I might as well ask Jeremy, what, what would like fans probably lions fans would laugh at the idea of the Packers getting Caldwell. But again, like, I don't, I don't know. You, you saw him here, Jeremy. What's, what would be your reaction if the lions, I mean, if the Packers hire Jim Caldwell? Well, first, first I want to say I'd probably push back on, on 
saying that Lions fans would laugh. I mean, some certainly would, but he seems to be more popular now than ever in Detroit because yeah. of what's happening right now. I, I <laughs> yeah, did not exactly. think in less than a calendar year <laughs> that we'd see so many Lions fans saying, questioning. I miss Jim Caldwell. Well, Caldwell that bad? Yeah, and I'm, there are so many I miss Jim Caldwells right now. Some and of I, them I, on the staff <laughs> at POD, yeah. And, and I... I Maybe I don't know if you view it the same way, Tex, but a lot of people are saying this year is the best year on Jim Caldwell's resume. <laughs> Just seeing what Matt Patricia did in Detroit. Um, do you? Uh, before I answer Chris's question, do you see it, it it that way in any way? Seeing that he took a Lions team to nine and seven two years in a row, and and now seeing what Matt Patricia is doing, at least with also, a somewhat similar roster. Also, I will add getting them to the playoffs twice as well. Sure. which is a rarity in, in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think there is some merit to that, that um, I, I was certainly surprised when they fired him last year after, yeah, what, three out of four winning seasons and, and mm-hmm. a couple of playoff appearances. That that definitely shocked me. Um, and I, I thought Patricia was going to, was going to do better than he did. Certainly, um, you know, at, at least be, you know, kind of hovering around the 500 mark. Um but yeah, to see to see what's happened in Detroit this year, yeah, I I definitely agree to some extent that that speaks to um to what Caldwell was able to achieve in the last couple of years. Yeah, and my thoughts on Caldwell going to the Packers is first of all, I I do want to see Jim Caldwell back in the NFL. Um, he's just that nice and good of a person that I think he deserves. Um, I mean, he's a hell of a leader. He's a hell of a leader, and and that's half the that's battle. I think is yeah, you, that's you want that's a head coach. That's something we always got while he's here in Detroit too. Like all those guys would would play for him. Like that's and that's yeah. important. Yeah, there's a couple lines that went on social media today. Um, Stephen Tolick, former Lion, um, talking about how good he was, and we saw I think James Ahedibo, another former Lion, saying like, "Yeah, nine and seven, two years in a row. Now you all got five and ten. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I mean that that just goes to show you how much respect he has. Of course. You know, the counter argument there is you don't always want a player's coach. You want someone who's um, also going to get results and not let players kind of rest on their laurels. And and that's where I think you, you might make an argument against Caldwell. And I do think that not necessarily the Lions have what it did peak with Jim Caldwell. You know, nine and seven was the best they were going to get. I don't necessarily think that's true. But at the same time, I do think there's a certain limit that he can get out of his players. And it, I think it goes back to, to what we were kind of alluding to before. I think he's just kind of not a new mind. He's, he's kind of an old football mind, very conservative, not a guy that goes for it on fourth down quite a bit and not a guy that's going to take a lot of risk because that's not how football used to be played. And um, I, I think for a Packers team that's complaining about not having enough championships, um, they're not the, they're not just aiming for playoff appearances and playoff wins. They're aiming for championships. I don't think Caldwell's their guy. Yeah, I think the one thing that you mentioned there too is you know something about him not going for a whole lot of fourth downs and things. I personally, I'm a big believer in a lot of the analytics that that are yeah. going into decision making. Um, the whole idea of you know do you go for two when you're da- you know when you score a touchdown when you're down fourteen, um, and just just general fourth down decision making um, in the NFL. And and I personally would love to have somebody who is more forward thinking in those areas as well. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why you know what what little I, I have been able to get to about Tubbs suggest to me that maybe he could be um, the guy who would embrace some of that, that different style of thinking um, that, that suggests that, um, 
you know, you, you, you can do things uh, differently than how things have always been done because it's going to give you a better chance to win games. The fourth down thing was always weird, too, because that first year he was here, Jeremy, that 20, 2014, like he was going for it a lot in fourth down. And all of a sudden something flipped in his head. Yeah, he stopped doing that. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it seemed like a statistical oddity to me. In part, I think part of it was forced to, by just having awful kickers in the first half of that season. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was before the Broncos just handed us uh, Brainer, Brainer, yeah. but yeah, I mean, he's not he's not a completely backwards thinker in in, in terms of that. But I do think like. He certainly doesn't seem like the face of analytics to anybody. I don't think. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. All right. Well, I think we've we've bandied this around enough. We got about like five minutes left. Do either of you want to talk about this game at all? I want to ask one question, and that's literally it about this game. Yeah. Is Devonte Adams going to play? Yes, I, I would. I would put money on it that Adams is going to play. Um, hmm. He said he said as much after practice on Wednesday. And if nothing else, he's two catches away from setting the Packers single season record in receptions and breaking Sterling Sharp's mark from, I think, oh, wow. 1993. So I think that's um, that's something to play for. And that's something that's that's probably on his mind. Um, but, yeah, he, and he I think he needs. Jeez, what is it about? 200 yards or so to, to break Nelson's single season yardage record. So he's probably well off of that, but um, you've got some of those numbers to work towards. And, and I think he kind of like, like Rogers in, in his comments before the jets game um, views it as kind of a leadership thing. And that, um, yeah, I want to go out and tough it out for my, for my team and show these guys how to, how to do it. Now I think he'll be on a snap count. Um, I don't think he's going to be out there for, you know, hundred percent of the snaps like he usually is, you know, maybe 50% or 60% though all right well this has basically been our preview is there anything else you want to preview in the uh foster farms everything is painful <laughs> i think i'm just excited to see some some of these young packers i mean it, you mentioned it earlier it's it's like a preseason game get some of these guys into the game and get them some live reps if the, if the result doesn't really matter you know i want to see Kendall Donerson, who's a seventh round edge rusher of the Packers this year, um, who apparently can run four four five at six three and two fifty. I want to see him on the field. Um, and he's since he got called up from the practice squad, he's been inactive. I want to see the the Packers' latest six foot five receiver, Alan Lazard, get some snaps. Uh, on offense. I want to see big Bob Tanyan, our young tight end um, play more than 10 snaps in the game. So those are the kinds of things I want to see out of this game. Am I worried about the result? No, I'm not, but I want to see um, young players get some, some live reps and get some opportunities to show that they belong and that they, uh, that they deserve to be competing for jobs next year. Are you hiding any more like five worded receivers on your roster? (laughs) I'm pretty sure Marquez Velda Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown are the only two with three names. Um, St. Brown's not probably not going to play. He got a concussion last week, so he's probably out, which is why I'm excited to see hopefully Alan Lazard. Um, and then there's the great Whitewater Hope, Jake Kumaro, who everybody loves in Green Bay because he's from Whitewater, Wisconsin, and he's a white guy with awesome long hair and long beard. 
Um, so, so he's fun to, uh, to see what he'll do too, but no, it's just the two rookies, uh, luckily for, for the sake of all the announcers with well, clay probably heading out of town. You need a replacement for white guy with long hair. So that fills that quota. That's I have one point. last Tex Western here, Acme packing company. I've got one last question for you yep. for the Konami. Why God, just why bull. <laughs> do you feel any closer to the Detroit lions organization? Any budding, budding emotions now that we are both at the bottom of the pile together? Um, not really. <laughs> okay. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> One thing about this matchup, Tex was just saying about all the little exciting things about potentially having some of, you know, the, the bottom of the barrel players get a shot. I don't feel that way at all about the Lions. And it's we ain't not, got shit. Yeah, that's the, like, is there a young player waiting in the wings who you're excited to see? There like, isn't. I, I, there's I'm nobody. excited to see Zach Zenner try to revitalize his career again. Apparently, <laughs> that's it. That's all I mean, we got here. This there's, is there's this only is a handful play. There's Tyrell Crosby, who's probably not going to play. You know, the fifth round tackle. Um, and then there's, uh, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, we've seen a lot of it already, but uh, I guess we can get a little bit more excited about potentially seeing a little more Tracy Walker at safety. But it's also could be Glover Quinn's last game, and I guess that would be a nice send off. I don't know. Like there, there's just not a lot of guys that I'm excited to see at all. And it's, it's kind of a sad state of where the roster is right now, I guess. Yeah. I think that's about right. Uh, Tex Western, find him on Twitter at Tex Western. We thank him so much for joining us on the Google Chrome cast. Uh, everything is burning. Bull. <laughs> preview talk Lions Packers a, a Timex reference I, in there I was, I was struggling I, I I spent my I spent everything when I brought out Konami like we I managed cannot, to go this whole podcast without mentioning function at punctuality I guess maybe we'll save that stuff for the POD cast uh yeah yeah well as always we're, we're late to talking about punctuality how about that there you go nailed it all right Tex Western at Tex Western, acmepackingcompany.com, our sisters, our brothers in arms over covering the Green Bay Packers. Enjoy this terrible game. I almost had a bowl game, and again, I don't have any sponsor now. So <laughs> it's been First Bite. Listen to us on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher. I don't think Spreaker anymore, actually. Uh, Google Play Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That's all. Thank you guys. Keep listening to POD cast in the off season. We're going to have a lot of fun on that thing. We're going to start having some guests on almost as early as the next POD cast. You want to keep listening. You want to subscribe. You want to get all your stuff in there, please. We need your help to create an empire to play Toto Africa at every lions game, wherever possible. It, it's one. We're going to keep winning. Even if the lions aren't see you star side, we'll talk. You're going to be sick of winning, sick of winning with Africa. <laughs> Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. More-
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.